0: Hey, I'm Aika Spencer, and I love fandom. I love the writing, some of which I create, the art, none of which I create, and the many aspects that make it up. With the pandemic in full swing, I decided the best way not to go crazy was to start a podcast around it. This one, Down the Fandom Hole, Conversations With. So putting on my big girl bra, I took a chance and reached out to other fandom creators, asking if they would like to share their voice and experiences around it. Amazingly, most of them have said yes, so taking a moment we sit down and chat about topics like creativity, taking risks, self-care, and many more. I am humbled that I got to chat with all of these brilliant and interesting creators from around the world, and it has only cemented my belief that fandom can also be a bridge and common ground to inclusivity. We are all valid, and fandom helps us envision worlds in which we are. God. Isn't fandom fucking amazing? Anyway, to keep me from rambling on, let's get this show started. On today's episode, Valkyrie and I talk about being a person of color in fandom, using fanfiction to give Kelly more nuance and character, and at the time of this episode, our thoughts on Kelly assuming the role of Guardian. It was a really interesting conversation that I hope you enjoy. And as an added bonus, keep a lookout on Wednesday for a special bonus episode, something that normally can only be viewed as a Patreon supporter, but because it was just so extra, I had to share. Now, on to the episode. (laughs) All right, so... Ready when you are. Before we get this thing started, what are your pronouns? She, her. Okay, thank you for sharing that with me. What is your writing process when you decide to put pen to paper?
1: I don't know. It's very spontaneous, honestly. Like, I don't have a lot of, like, idea Mm -hmm. planning. It's mostly, like, I'll be doing something, and then I'll be like, yeah, this would be a good story. Usually I'll sit down if I can think of, like, an opening or, like, a scene. Mm -hmm. I will mostly, like, finish writing the story probably in, like, a week or finish writing, like, a chapter or something. And then, like, if I can't, like, immediately think of, like, an opening or, like, have, like, a solid, like, anchor scene, I usually just drop the idea. But, yeah, mostly, like, most of my I don't do a lot of kind of sitting down and being like, what do I want to write about? It just comes to me. And then I'm like, oh, guess I'll write it. Like, I think, and I might have mentioned this on my uh, Tumblr, but mm-hmm. I was like hi I was like hiking in Colorado in the Rockies. <laughs> and I was there and I was like and I think I like texted my girlfriend and I was like, you know, what would make a cool story if Cara's like a cave diver and like Lena gets stuck in a cave and she has to like call her but like their ex wives <laughs> my girlfriend was like that would be awesome and I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna do it <laughs> And that was it. But it was it I was like literally just hiking and I was just like this I just think like, it's a good idea if she was stuck in a cave and Kara had to get her. And it was, like, initially going to be, like, a very, um like, more of a, like, a humor fic. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of like every single action movie ever, where, like, the action guy, like, is, like, some rogue or whatever, and then the like, government needs him, and he shows up, and his, like, XY still works for the government and they like fall in love again or whatever. It was very much gonna be like one of those stories. <laughs> and it turned out really angsty <laughs> instead. <laughs> so like the initial idea was sort of the same, but like the initial idea was 100%. Like it was gonna be like a funny thing where like Lena got trapped and like Kara came and got her and there was a lot of jokes being made. And like Kara got her out and then it was like they wanted Kara to stick around for whatever reason and it was just, like, them butting heads, and so they, like, finally made out, but then it, like, ended up, when I started writing it, like, it was just, like, very depressed in the cave, and so the mm-hmm. car came, like, really sweet, and then it just never turned into, like, the butting heads thing that I wanted it to be, it was just, like, really depressing, but I rolled with it, because that was just kind of what was flowing, so that's pretty much how I, I work, I, like, an idea comes to me, I sort of form it a little bit, and what I want it to be, and then when I write If it doesn't feel right, I'll just change it in the moment. I usually stick to the essence of what the original idea was, but I change a lot about the tone as I go along.
0: So would you categorize yourself more as a pantser or planner or plotter? Plancer.
1: I don't make, like, any strict outlines. I mean, I did for vampic just because that has a lot of plot that needed a lot of foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. I needed to, like, remember to put things in for later. But mostly I just have the essence of what I want to write. And I always have, like, two or three scenes I want to write. But other than that, I just write what feels good. And I, like, know at some point this needs to happen. At some point this needs to happen. And I want this to end sort of like this, but that can change. That's pretty much my thought process. And then I just, like, write in between. So I'm in the middle of reading your
0: hiking AU. I forgot what it's called. But there's a lot of confusing feelings going on with Lena what was the inspiration for that i
1: like love andrea Mm -hmm. i I just fell in love with andrea's character and that like little fucking episode where they were younger Mm -hmm. just because i just felt like andrea was so precocious Mm -hmm. and it just like immediately just reminded me of like one of those girls that just like feels like they have it all together they always have that friend that's like falling apart, but they're like secretly jealous because they, they like want to be able to fall apart, you know, but they can't because they're the girl who has it all, st- who like has it all together and they have all the answers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what they wanted Andrea to be, but like, her little like backstory of her as a kid like reminded me of just that so much. And so like I just headcanon that that was their dynamic. Matt and that Lena was like kind of one of the people was sort of flustered and always lost and a little bit kind of more open and vulnerable and mm-hmm. Andrea was sort of the girl who felt like, like everyone feels like she has it together but she doesn't really
2: mm-hmm. and Lena
1: kind of knows that about her but no one else does and that was really sort of the dynamic that I fell in love with and I wanted to write
2: mm-hmm.
1: so like Lena's like I said, it's just kind of like, she's just flustered and going through life, flustered, and people can pretty much tell. Mm-hmm. Um, But Andrea sort of admires that about her, because, like, Lena doesn't have to pretend like she can just be who she is, even if it's a little bit weird or a little bit awkward, where Andrea feels like she can't, because, like, you know when you're, like, the person who has it together, and then you do something weird or awkward? Like, everyone makes a huge deal out of it. So, yeah, that was sort of the dynamic I wanted to go with, and I thought Cara just played really well off of that because she's like so stable for Lena so Lena can like stop being as flustered and like be a little bit more confident. Mm-hmm. But also like very accepting for Andrea. So Andrea doesn't like have to have it together and it's fine that she doesn't. Yeah. So I thought like that dynamic worked really sort of well there for Cara to be included.
2: From the
0: sound of it, going, it sounds like they're gonna become a thruple at some point. Because, like, Nina has no idea what she wants; she just knows. What oh, she I, yeah, you had to
1: the story. I'm so sorry. <laughs> 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 I mean that's sort of a spoiler. <laughs> But, I mean, you brought it up. So you're asking for it. Uh, I, I actually do spoilers. Yeah, yeah. I love them. So. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. So that's Tell totally. Tell me all about it. <laughs> so that's totally a thing. So, pretty much the gist is that Elena likes Andrea, and mm-hmm. Andrea likes Elena. Uh, but Andrea's also kind of like I said like I always think she's a little bit like when she's younger, definitely kind of precocious. Like she just appears she's like older than she is. Mm-hmm. Um, just in the things that she do, and in the, like, way she tries to, like, present herself.
3: hmm
1: And so, like, I just, like, wrote her as someone who is very sexually fluid, um, very sexually open. hmm Um, but, like, underlying all of that, like, she has feelings for Lena. But, like, Lena's very sort of reserved, and so she feels like Lena's just kind of waiting for someone that she can kind of, you know, like settle down with. Mm-hmm. Someone pretty sturdy, a lot more put together than Andrea is. Like, she is on the outside, but not on the inside. Um, And so Andrea's, like, she may pick up that Lena sort of likes her, but feels like she's not ultimately the person that Lena will end up with. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, searching for someone else, but not really. So she, like, wants the company because she, like, wants to, like, forget Lena, but she can't. So it's just sort of, like, almost self-harm kind of way but she's really trying to find herself in that way and it's just not working out for her and then lena just really likes andrea and she's just like i'm very peacefully under all these people and i'm really jealous <laughs> <laughs> like when they meet Kara, it's kind of like a moment of lena's never met someone that she's been into mm-hmm. outside of Andrea. like everyone she meets like in her mind andrea is better so it's like i don't really care about them and then she meets Kara. And, like, she's physically attracted to her. So in the beginning, she's, like, she doesn't know she has a type. But when she saw Kara, she's, like, that's definitely my type. And so she looks physically attracted to her. And they start talking. And she thinks Kara's funny. And she's really understanding. Like, she really likes Kara. And then she also notices that, like, the more she, like, pulls towards Kara, it's kind of the more Andrea pulls towards her. Because Andrea (laughs) starts to notice that Elena likes Kara. And Andrea's kind of, like, flailing between sort of – Cara is actually a really great person, and she's really grateful for Lena, and, like, I should do the right thing and let Lena go. And also, like, I've never actually tried with Lena, you mm-hmm. know? And so, like, she's at that moment of, like, this could be me, but is good for her. And so she just starts to get very confusing in that she's pulling towards Lena, but also, like, pushing her away. So I think it's yeah. in the, the second chapter where, like, they get a little bit of tension because is being really confusing, mm-hmm. and Lena doesn't kind of know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the thought behind that. Um, And then eventually, I think in the third chapter, it gets to the point where Andrea just lets it settle for her that Kara is good for Lena. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she completely pulls away, mm-hmm. and she's just, like, telling Lena, like, go be with Kara. Mm-hmm. And then Lena's happy with Kara, but she's also, like, feeling Andrea pull away, and she, like, doesn't like that feeling. Like, she liked when Andrea was, like, pseudo pseudo there, relationship-wise. Mm-hmm. They can make out in the tent, not when Andrea's, like, I'm going to go make out with this guy in front of you and let you have Kara, and we're no longer going to make out in the tent. Like, Linda doesn't like that. It's, <laughs> like, um. <So> confused. <laughs> yeah, and so Lena's sort of getting to this point where it, like, occurs to her that she both wants to make out with Kara, and she wants to make out with Andrea. She wants both of them to be possible, Mm -hmm. And that's what she's, like, deeply confused. And then she's, like, dancing with Kara, and she looks over, and she sees Andrea, like, making out with this guy. And she's, like, really happy with Kara, but she's also really upset that Andrea's, like, making out with this guy. And Kara sort of notices. And Kara's, like, okay, what's going on? And Lena's, like, trying to explain that, like, she really likes Kara. She also really likes Andrea. And Kara's, like, you know, sometimes people just like more than one person, and that's Mm -hmm. fine. And then that's where they, like, just go over to Andrea, and they, like, all sort of just kind of sort it out. And so the thing is, like, Andrea likes Kara as well. Like, Andrea admires and respects Kara for who she is, and she wouldn't let anyone date Lena. She's very protective of her, so the fact that, like, she was willing to let Kara date Lena, she really likes Kara. Mm-hmm. Um, they all, like, have this, like, and Cara likes Andrea. She thinks she's funny. She likes the way Andrea, like, picks on her. Like, Cara likes being teased, and Andrea does that. Mm-hmm. Lena doesn't like, really likes Cara, and she says all these nice things about her, but Andrea's, like, really picks on her and teases her and like, in a really playful way and makes her laugh. And, like, Cara likes both of those dynamics. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, they just all, like, kind of played off each other, and they're all just, like, really young and dumb and exploring their lives. Um, So it's pretty much just the thing, and they have sex. Uh, (laughs) Um, All three of them together? All three of them, yes. I wrote six hands. It was a lot.
0: But, wow, that sounds confusing.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, they're, they like, um, end up going to this party, have a couple beers. Lena tells Andrea she's been in love with her forever. Car is pretty much like, I think you're hot. And Andrea's like, I think you're down, but you're also hot. Um, and then they like eat roasted marshmallows and Lena makes that with Andrea a bunch. And then Car like, maybe these two should just date because they've known each other all of their lives. So Cara's, like, trying to bow out. She's like, you know, I'm just going to kind of go inside and take a shower, but you two have fun. Then Andrea's like, you should just go make out with her because she feels like you don't like her. And Lena's like, oh, I definitely like her. And so Lena goes and makes out with Cara, too, and then they all make out with each other. So it's pretty much them being very tentative about it. But ultimately, they all just have feelings for each other on this big, exhausting fucking hike. (laughs) (laughs) because I don't feel like they're dying did you
2: actually do that hike
1: or is it this no I I haven't I've hiked a bunch before but not that not that long Um, (laughs) I think I would die (laughs) but I've I've hiked enough to know that just even me doing like a 10 hour hike Uh I'm just fucking tired so like doing that for like 100 days straight you're like dying <laughs> um so yeah. And like it's oh, God, and there, like days. a lo- Yeah, like there it's like a it's like a month long hike. I don't know, you can imagine you're like dead tired and you meet someone and you literally walk with them for ten hours. And like it's like a like you're not on your phone, you're not distracted, you're literally mm-hmm. just walking with someone for like ten hours.
3: Mm-hmm. And I feel
1: like connections just get made like really intensely and it like that shows a little bit and like, how much they both just sort of fall into Kara. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people want me to explore it, like, when they're back in, like, National City and, like, they're not super tired and they're, like, not really intense because they're all super tired, mm-hmm. um, which I will not. It would be fun, but probably won't. But I think that's definitely a big part of it, that, like, they are all tired and they are all just spending, like, a really long amount of time with each other, just mm-hmm. exhausted. Um, and it's good to like have a friendly voice and a friendly face and like someone encouraging. Um, so like that plays a lot into it. And I think Lena talks about it. Um, cause a big thing. They call them like trail mance, where they like feel like, like you meet someone on a trail and it just feels super intense. Um, but like outside of the trail, it's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So like Lena even talks about it in that way. She calls it a trail mance. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's, that's just kind of the dynamic that I wanted to write. I think the initial plot was that the only person Lena's ever trusted was Andrea. Mm-hmm. And therefore Lena thought she needed to like basically marry Andrea because she thought she wouldn't trust anyone else because of her mm-hmm. family history. But then she met Kara and figured out that like she could trust someone else. So she could let Andrea go just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was going to be super cool. But I was like, like as I was writing it, I was just like, why can't she have both? honestly?
0: Yeah, nothing to keep her She doesn't have to have only one
1: Yeah, yeah, and it was like The more I wrote it, the more I was like Andrea's really good for her Like, Mm -hmm. the the closeness She has with Andrea, like To feel safe around Kara, but she like, I don't know Like, her dynamic with Andrea is like It's totally different
0: Well, there's more history there, right? So they've been together
1: for a while And there's now these small innuendos
0: and, And double, um I mean, Andrea kissing her when she's drunk, Lena letting her, and obviously Andrea has to remember, because if she remembers everything else, she definitely should be remembering that, and, you know,
1: I mean, like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, and and Lena, Lena, like, she knows, she figures it out. Mm
2: -hmm. And I
1: think there's there's a piece of it where Lena, she's also very much Andrea's strength. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like, she's a rock for Andrea in a way that, like, Kara's a rock for her. Uh huh. Like, she definitely has sort of a different dynamic. I mean, like, she would 100% always be the bottom, but, like, she definitely has such a different dynamic <laughs> <laughs> with Andrea than she does with Kara. Um, and that, like, she is more of kind of, like, grounding for Andrea. Um and so, she is like the only person that can sort of pull Andrea from that place that she gets to where she gets really self-destructive. Lena's like the only person that can recognize it and pull her away from it. So I think mean, there's a lot of different dynamics sort of going on there.
0: So since you basically put her
1: at the bottom, who's the top and who's the middle? Oh, like Andrea's in the middle, and Kara's at the top, always. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's uh I like Kara as a as a thought, because I think she's, um, I mean, I guess in real relationships, like, strict top-bottom, like, dynamics. I guess it happens, but, like, I guess it's a lot more blurry in, like, actual relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're just kind of thinking in the dynamic, I do like Clara as a top because she's very um, considerate of others. Like, she has a lot going on and a lot of trauma herself. Um, but I think she's used to being extremely considerate of others, even in moments where she has a lot going on. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's a good quality, especially, like, to balance out someone like Lena, who, when she has a lot going on, she can get really reserved and into herself uh-huh. and kind of lose sight of sort of others. And so I was like, Lena, like, in a relationship dynamic and sort of like a role, or she needed to be more considerate of the other person, if she had a lot going on, it might be a little bit harder. Whereas Car, even when she does have a lot going on, she still thinks about Lena and makes mm-hmm. sure she's okay. That was, like, that sort of aspect of the personalities. Like, Lena will always, like, look out for Car 100%, but I think sometimes Lena can get lost in, like, thinking about, like, everything that she has going on with her and losing track of, like, what else is going on. And I think Andrea's like a good balance of like she notices everything around her, but she's also very reserved in herself. I think Cara's a little bit. She's Cara's definitely reserved, but she's a lot more open than Andrea is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So like Cara can a little bit more talk about like I have a lot going on, and she doesn't try to like hide who she is. Mm-hmm. She just acknowledges, like, this is the way that the things in my life are shaping me. Whereas Andrea makes herself appear, like, a completely different person when she's not impacted. But she is also a little bit more aware than Lena is of, like, everyone else around her. So I think she's, like, I get sort of balance in the middle with those dynamics. So are
0: you more of I a kind of... What did you say? So are you more of a Rojas Corp or, like, a... Rojas Super Corp or oh, Super Rojas Corp or
1: like what is your ultimate I've ship? I've I've wrote off three I like them all um I think they all have something different mm-hmm. that's fun about it for me I like with um Andrea and Kara. I mm-hmm. think Kara. I always just said canon that she'd like fairly go good with directions. And I think Andrea likes to be sort of not necessarily at top, but like in control. Mm-hmm. And so she can be very directive with Kara and Kara's really good at kind of following that. Um, and like Andrea's like very clear about what she wants and setting boundaries. Um, and Kara's really grateful for that because she knows like which lines she shouldn't cross and she knows exactly how not to upset Andrea because Andrea told her how to not upset her and I think that works out with their dynamic and it's just like my head headcanon of it um, so I like writing them that way and that mm-hmm. Andrea's, uh she's a hot mess and she's falling apart but she's really good about being like I don't like when you do this or I really like when you do that um, and it lets her be And Cara's really open and receptive to that, and she doesn't cross Andrea's boundaries, um, the ones that Andrea sets, which lets Andrea know that she can be vulnerable with Cara and tell her about the more vulnerable things, and Cara, like, won't take advantage of that. And so that allows her to be a little bit more open. And, of course, like Super 4, I think I've written the most for them. I think Lena's sort of the exact opposite and that she doesn't, like, I think she's kind of an all-in type of person. Like, she puts up a wall, the wall comes down, and then she's just sort of all-in at that point. Um, And I like that dynamic for her and Kara, because Kara's not a person who will take advantage of an all-in. And so she can kind of recognize that this is what's happening with Lena, but she won't – like, Lena's less good at boundary setting, so, like – if there's something there, she might let Kara cross it and not bring it up. And Kara's very like observant and like Lena doesn't like this and I'm not going to do it. And she didn't specifically say it, but I noticed it. Mm-hmm. And I can help that dynamic between them. Um, and that Kara is in tune with her enough, like even if she is not as like, hard set on boundaries as Andrea's, that Kara like, will pick up on it mm-hmm. and be kind of there to say, like, it's hard for you to like put these up, kind of, or, like, say these really explicitly, but I am picking up on things you like and don't like, mm-hmm. and I will kind of adhere to that because I want you to be happy. Um, and that helps, like, like I always said, that helps Lena with her confidence and helps her be able to better articulate kind of what she wants um, because she sees that she can and Carl will respect it. And um, on on all of these, I feel like Carl is also kind of getting what she wants out of the relationship. As well, and she's being respected by both of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then, like, and we just already talked a bunch about them all together. I think they just play really well off of each other. So I don't know I—I think I've written the most for Supercore, but I could write so much more for any of the pairings. I, I like them all.
0: So, what got you into um, your fandoms? Like, what was it about the fandoms that you liked? that drew you in?
1: This is mostly personality. Like, when I write for something, it's like I just see two people together, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I really like how their personalities play off of each other. Um, also, just, like, personal experience. Like, sometimes if I'm, like, I know a person that was just like this, and that, like, adds... Like, that was, like, 100% with Andrea. Like, you just see those girls in high school so much.
2: hmm
1: I was, like, and I just felt, like, very, like, visceral for me. I was, like, I could write her, like, that little snippet of her in, like, high school or middle school or whatever. Like, you're, like, I've seen this girl before. You know, I've been friends with this girl before, and, like, I know, like, what they're actually thinking and, like, kind of the, all of those behind the mask.
2: hmm
1: And so, like, She just literally jumped out for me, and I was like, this just felt like like I could reach out and touch her, and I, like, really wanted to write her into these relationships. Um, And then I like Lena and Kara's uh, dynamic. I like how oblivious they are. I like those little moments where, you know, Kara is not, you know, just happy, or is not just, like, happy-go-lucky or easygoing, and she puts her foot down, and she's really firm. I like that she has that in her. I would say I like Lena for what she could be if they wrote her better. I'll put it that way. I feel like Lena's character has so much potential to be an amazing character. And so I think that's kind of my motivation for writing her. Like, there's so much more nuance you can add to Lena, even with all the trauma in her past. There's so many different ways you can help her grow. That's not just her consistently Falling into unhealthy habits and I think there's so many different ways that Kara can like help her grow and that Kara can grow while helping Mina you know, vice versa. So it's like, that dynamic. Uh, when I wrote for Blind Manor, I don't know, like, I don't know how you can watch Blind Manor and not want to write for them. They were so fucking cute together. It scared me. I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely 100% uh, like a witty person, like even in my relationship. Every single conversation we have is a back and forth. We're just making fun of each other. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just how we play off of each other. Like, we have moments, I guess, where we're sweet. But literally, like, 98% of it is just, like, us making fun of each other. Um, we have a couple serious conversations. But, like, I, I think I sent her a meme yesterday. It was, like, date someone who cares. And it was, like, a picture of a text message where, like, someone's asking, like, what's wrong? And the other person's, like... I have a fever, and, I, like, I can't breathe, and then, like, the other person types back and just breathe. It's not that hard. <laughs> and I, I, like, sit that to now. So it's totally just our dynamic. Um <laughs> We're just, like, assholes to each other, but it's, like, all in good fun. Like, we're serious when we need to be, but it's pretty much, I'll, like, tell her about, like, a super rough day, and, like, she'll, like, make a joke, or she'll tell me about a super rough day, and, like, I'll make a joke, and, you no, know, we just cut the tension and, like, feel at ease around each other. So I like writing. That's kind of what my personality is. And I really like writing relationships that way where you can just laugh at each other mm-hmm. or like, you know, sometimes you come home and you feel like it's like totally the end of the world. And you like tell it to your partner and your partner's like, why are you freaking out? Everything is okay.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like
1: having that like place you can come home to. And a, first of all, they just let you vent, like they don't cut you off. they like actually let you tell the whole like dumbass story. And then B, they don't like feed until you're catastrophizing. They're like, it hey, calm down a little bit, like, yeah, that was pretty hard. Not on that level that you're making it. Um, and so they're able to like not in like an asshole type of way, but able to sort of like bring you down and like get you to that point where you can laugh about it. So I like playing on like the wittiness. Um and I just think in uh Black Manor like Jamie was just like with the character meant for me to write. Like as Danny's having that like panic attack. She's just like telling her all these jokes and like making her laugh. Um, and I just thought that was so cute and I love that kind of dynamics. I really wanted to write for that. And then the exact same thing for Ryan and the Last Dragon. They're just, like, little assholes to each other. But, like, you know, at the end of the day, they care about each other. Um, (laughs) (laughs) like, when it needed to happen, like, they cared. Um, and so, like, I definitely love that, like, back and forth that you can have with someone you really care about. And so, like, writing those sort of dynamics... Which is, a lot of them sort of jump out for me, like in Kurosama, you can argue for that dynamic as well, Um, this far a bunch. I think in Supercore it's less there, and I write, I definitely write them being a lot sweeter, uh, with each other. Um, But I definitely write in kind of that back-and-forth dynamic. I always write them sort of building up to having that dynamic, I think,
3: Mm because I don't
1: think it's immediately there in the show. But I always say I think it's a really fun one when you're able to just kind of joke around with the person you're super into. Mm -hmm. But I think definitely characters who naturally have it are the ones that jump out for me, Um, like the ones who just naturally have that back-and-forth because it's super natural for me to write that. So, being
0: part of the fandom, or Supercorp fandom, or any fandom in general, do you notice any downsides to it, or anything that kind of makes you
1: second-guess certain things, I guess? I mean, there's tons of downsides to every fandom. So, like, not including, you know, like, super fans and people. Mm -hmm. Like, take it way too seriously and ruin the vibe, because I think that happens in a lot of fandoms. It's like in general, as for me as a writer, I'll just be personally, like, being in a fandom is the hard part, because you sort of get, like, sucked into one thing, and then people want one thing from you, if that makes sense. I think so. It's never my goal to, like, gain a large following. I just kind of want it right.
3: Mm-hmm. Low-key,
1: it's always been one of my goals to be kind of like a nomad writer, where yeah. <laughs> I just kind of jump around from fandoms and just write whatever I want, and I have like, a core, like, stable, small amount of people who just follow me around to fandoms, and they're like, oh, we wrote for this one, really cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, But I wrote, like, a few stories for a Super Core, because I think I've just gotten back into fandom, and there's, like, the thing that got me back in, so I, like, wanted to write a bunch for it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then I sort of got a following, and then the soon I noticed, like, even when I started writing, like, Rose was Core, like, Super Rose, like, people were, like, really edgy. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, because I think in one of the rowest stories I wrote, oh. there was, like, background where, like, it was sort of semi-canon.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was, like, an AU, but it was also following, like, canon vibes, if that makes sense. Like, Kara wasn't Supergirl, but she was an underground boxer. Like, she was a reporter and an underground boxer. And then who became, like, a really famous boxer. And she was dating Andrea. And, like, it was, if it was canon, it would have been post-reveal. Um, and so they were dating, but they both had this like previous intense relationship with Lena, where they both knew they'd hurt Lena, and they both knew that they'd been in love with Lena. Uh-huh. that makes sense, thanks. So, yeah. And so, uh, and so Andrea was like, it's a really short story, but like the gist of it is that they're at this like big fundraiser thing, but uh, that Car and Andrea are just like semi hosting um, and Andrea's just like. In her mind, she thinks if either one of them didn't fuck up with Lena, they would be with Lena. But they did, and Lena cut both of them off at different times. Um, and so she's just, like, really insecure because she thinks Kara, like, she'll always come second for Kara.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And, like, that's just the conversation they're having, and Kara's saying, like, she did love Lena a lot, but that doesn't mean she doesn't love Andrea. That doesn't diminish what she feels for her And they have sex. So it's <laughs> sex. <laughs> but like that's just like the conversation that they were having and I just wanted to explore that dynamic of how they both have like a past with Lena and just like if neither one of them fixed it but you know they work in the same environment and they somehow ended up together like how they would navigate the fact that like if Lena hadn't cut them off 100% they would have wanted to be like that person in Lena's life. I just wanted to write about that but like people were like there's a couple people that, and I think even someone commented like, really angry about it. They're, like, why would you talk about Lena in this way? Or, like, if you're going to write them together, just don't mention Lena. Uh-huh. And like, how would you not mention Lena? <laughs> like, Lena was such a large part of both of their lives. And, like, they both fucked up with her. It would be a part of the relationship. But, yeah, like, people were really edgy about me writing anything else. And a lot of people were super supportive. Like, there's way more support than there is, like, edginess. But I could see it happening. And I think I also wrote, i was just totally neglecting all of the Clara Sam that I've written. <laughs> so, like, I was writing that, too. And I think at some point it was, like, someone's like, are you just not going to write Supercore anymore? anymore? Um, so, like, yeah, that, like, it's, like, when your mind just takes you on this, like, rabbit hole of, like, different things you want to write. Uh-huh. If you have, like, such a large following from one thing, they're all, like, what are you doing? It's like. I'm just over here doing some weird shit. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> just having fun with these lovely ladies.
2: I yeah, I angry, think
1: right. Yeah, and I think the the hard part is that it's like 99% of people that follow you are supportive, Mm-hmm.
2: Uh-huh.
1: and then it's like one percent that's like, "What are you doing?" And it's always that one like percent hyper focused on. And that's just a part I think sometimes of when you like grow yourself inside of a fandom, you sort of get stuck uh-huh. writing times. And sometimes you want to write other things, and you're just, like, when you have so many people subscribe to you, everything you post sends them an email. And you're like, if I suddenly start posting all of these other things, how many people will I annoy? If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, sometimes I'm just like, oh, like, if uh, some a writer I enjoy
1: following suddenly
0: decides to branch out to a new thing, I won't re- necessarily read this new thing. Because I'm like, oh, I really just like Super core. Sometimes I feel, yeah. and you know, it's just like, oh, I never would have thought of this, and things like that. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that, that's what I say. Like, most people are just that way, or like, we'll just even if they if they really like you, they'll even read something they've never seen before, um, mm-hmm. and comment on it and be like, hey, this is really cool. And then there's just a certain amount of people who are like, I followed you for this one thing, and I want to be vocal to you about the fact that I followed you for this one thing. And you're no longer doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, like, I've just had a few people do that, both in comments or sometimes in ass. And so I think that's sort of the harder part about growing yourself, like, within one fandom. Mm -hmm. So I've always sort of existed on the outside of fandoms, where I'll write, like, a couple stories and then, like, hop to a new one. This is the first time I've literally stuck in a fandom this long. And it's been pretty cool. Like, I'm branching out now and, like, I haven't gotten any sort of negative things. Like, a lot of people have um, been super supportive of, like, the Blythe I wrote or, like, the Raya fic I wrote. Nothing negative there. I think I just got more negative things when I wrote. If I write Lena with, like, someone other than Carr, I think people get pretty pissed. Or if I talk about Lena in any way but a loving way. Like, mm-hmm. they were talking how they both hurt Lena, but they moved on to each other. Like, people just get upset about it. Uh, yeah, um,
0: that's unfortunate. I mean, the boundaries get very blurry, if that's the case, because these are just characters at the end of the day, yeah. you know? It's like, well, okay. And, you know, there's that whole weird, wavy, fluid boundary of, I came here for this, and you're not giving me this, but I'm like, it's free. And I want to try to branch out to other things, because I'm writing what I like
1: to write.
2: hmm so,
1: I mean, I get it. Yeah, and then you get a lot of comments of like, I wouldn't have read this if it wasn't you, which mm-hmm. I think is, is an attempt at being sweet. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, how many people didn't read it because it was this? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, all these things you want to tell yourself you don't think about, you do think about.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, if they say it in a nice way, then it's a good thing, right? Then they're suddenly seeing another possibility,
1: and it's just like, oh, okay, this is good. Yeah, no, yeah, that part, like, I I definitely, I'm not, like, downing that. I think they're definitely trying to be sweet. But I'm saying, like, this is a person who did read it. Like, how many people saw it, and they were like, gross, I'm not reading that. <laughs> and so, like, that's kind of, I don't know, there's a lot of, like, you start to see, like, things that people will say that make you think, like, this is making certain people who follow me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Or, like, people will, like, openly say, like, I really hate the idea of Andrea Lilina, but when you read it, it's okay. <laughs> 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 and I've had, like, a bunch of those. <laughs> and it's like, yes, those are the ones you commented, and it was really positive for them. But, like, mm-hmm. how many people am I posting? And I like, this bitch is posting this again. <laughs> and like i honestly like that and that's my whole thing like i really respect the people who follow me um but then like like like, people are just super vocal like when you're Mm -hmm. not doing exactly what they want you to do that's why i like never really embedded myself in a fandom because i always wanted to be like that like nomad writer and then i Uh embedded myself which thankfully has been super super sweet to me but like i did notice like and that's why I think it stood out, because everyone has been super nice. So, like, and I wrote just a little bit of something else, there was, like, a little bit of pushback. And I was like, oh, this is not making people happy.
0: Yeah. I get you. I got gotcha. you. But, um, so, we talked a little bit, or we touched a little bit in the pre-chat about your, I don't want to call it disappointment, because it might actually be something more, and I just don't understand it fully about the way, the representation
1: for people of color.
0: Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Oh, yeah. That has just meant fandom
1: in general. Just kind of ignore people of color. They make them the villains a lot. And it, I just feel like it gets pretty alienating mm-hmm. for um kind of fandom members of color. Because on the show, like, when you introduce someone like Kelly or even someone like James, they're going to be members of color in the fandom who relate to them. Um, and then, like, when James dated Lena, there's a lot of hate for him in the fandom.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then when they broke up, even more hate for him. Um, and then some of that hate translated into fics and things like that. Or, like, characters just don't get – characters of color don't get shown in the fics. So it's, like, there's the one character on the show that you super relate to, and no one will write them into the fic. Or, like – Alex is now dating Kelly, and, like, people still want to write Alex with Maggie or Alex with Sam or things like that. I think sometimes it can feel a little bit alienating. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people don't know how to write characters of color or worry they'll do something wrong or, like, you know, do something wrong with the culture or something like that. And I think uh, it's just kind of hard sometimes. But I also think, you know, Racism and bias and prejudices They exist and they exist in fandom And it's like quite apparent And you can just see it in the way sometimes That characters of color are treated Especially when they mess up Because mm-hmm. um, I was like Lena and Kara messed up a lot Um, But we're very forgiving of them And not just in this fandom and a lot of fandoms when like A person of color messes up They really get villainized <laughs> And I would say just don't think that The fandom members of color Don't notice that And so I just think fandom can just be sometimes not that great of a place for people to follow. But, again, the world isn't, so it's not, you know, super unexpected. Like, if you think about the, I think, the Star Wars, um, they had the Asian woman Uh who got a ton of hate. Tran, I can't think of her name. I think she actually speaks for Raya. Was she, like, the pilot
0: in one of the movies? Is this the most recent one with, like, the driver dude? I have never seen the Star Wars movies. I just followed okay. Kelly Marie
1: Tran, I think,
0: right? I'm not sure because the only one I remember, and that's mainly because my memory sucks, is the one in the most recent movie. I think she
1: was a helper. This is the last, uh, the last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. I know. Whatever she got a lot of hate, uh-huh. um, being in the movie, um, but also. Like, when you, like, see, like, an Asian woman or a character of color who looks like you, like, you get so excited about it. Because, you know, it's, like, representation. You're, like, finally, like, I don't watch this movie and, like, see myself, like, I could be a part of this, like, in my fantasy world. Mm -hmm. And then you, like, look at the fandom, and the fandom is just completely fucking trashing the character. And there's always, like, a reason they say they're trashing the character. when you get down into it, it's, like, the only character of color and, like, why is all the hate spewed towards them for things other characters, you know, can do? Mm -hmm. And we're very forgiving of it. A lot of characters of color get put through the ringer in fandom. And it can suck, you know, if it's someone who looks like you and you were super excited for it. And then Mm -hmm. you're, like, finally, like, feeling represented and you go into the fandom and everyone is just shitting on the character. And it's like, okay, well, guess we're not going to talk about this. I mean... There are definitely spaces where it's better. I mean, Supergirl has, like, the Supergirl fandom has been pretty cool in certain areas as well. Um And definitely there are a lot of people who are really cool. Um, But, like, you still see it, and you see it in most fandoms. And I think, I mean, that's something a lot of fandoms have to work on, but it's definitely something you can see.
0: It's probably also a little bit more systemic also, right? Because, I mean, Maggie mm-hmm. is a person, a character of color, and... I don't know. Kelly as a character I don't think has been hashed out as much as they did with Maggie. There's a lot more history involved for myself, so I usually either put her and Alex together or her and Sam together. Rarely do I put Kelly and Alex together, but it's mainly because uh, there's just no inspiration for her because I don't know her even in passing, really. But I'm hoping that they do more with her for season six than the, what they did prior, because she just kind of felt like this outsourced one. I don't know. I don't
1: know if I'm thinking. Yeah, and so, like, it's. I always say things are, things always get a little bit heightened sometimes for, like, black characters. Because mm-hmm. um, definitely you'll see just heightened amounts of hate for black characters, even compared to other POC, which still get a lot of hate as well. And I don't like. Sometimes I don't blame the fandom, and I've had a lot of this conversation. I think last summer I, we talked a bunch about it. But some people sometimes the show just drops the ball
2: mm-hmm. with
1: what there is. And I think honestly that was my feeling of what happened with Kelly, because exactly what you said was one of my qualms with it. And I think about Alex's dynamic with Sam, or even Alex's dynamic with Maggie. It feels like. You have so much more to play off of Mm -hmm. than how the show writes her with Kelly. It just Mm -hmm. feels like a little bit harder of a narrative um, to fit into fic, you know? Mm -hmm. And I've written Alex with Sam. I've never written Alex with Maggie before. But I've written Alex with Sam a bunch because I like their dynamic. Um, And I try where I can. I've been, I think, a lot more in my fix writing her with Kelly. Um, And it's just harder because the show just hasn't developed her as much as it developed other characters. And there was even that moment, I think, last season, where she, like, took something to Andrea that was, like, a huge deal. And Andrea totally blew her off, even though she's, like, an extremely intelligent woman. I was just like, I don't know, like, that was so weird. But, yeah, and I think this show just sort of, she's just kind of there as a character sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm. But there's
1: nothing, like, super defining or, like, really big moments um, where you can like take it and say, this is Kelly and like really play off of that and that, like give mm-hmm. you a lot of inspiration for writing. And I think sometimes like, like you said, it's systemic and like it's not just the fandom. Like sometimes the show just drops that ball as well. And I think that's what happened with Kelly. And I hope she had some really great moments. Um, but yeah, I definitely have, we had that conversation had it with a couple people over the summer, last summer, Justin. How little the show gives you in terms of their dynamic and so how much of it that you have to sort of create yourself, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. As season
0: 5 kind of feels like they dropped the ball with those two, like you have this established lesbian couple, but there's just so much going on that you don't see the overt, the softer side of this couple, you know, like, or at least that's how I remember it. I could be skewed, it's been a while and I have a terrible memory, people.
1: So, yeah, they have like some cute moments, uh, like when Alex is saving Kelly or whatever, and like it's there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just not. It's not super nuanced. It's you know, it's mm-hmm. not giving you. They're not building it up as like, oh, I really like this couple, or like giving you really like fun scenes or cute scenes or them just being candid. It's really just like establishing they're a couple in the show. That's it. That's like all they're doing. I,
0: I don't know. It feels a little more propish than character ish character exactly scene. yeah like oh i'm just going to make these scenes that are black nuance are flat and then you know try to figure it out from there and yet but now they want to make i think kelly into the guardian and i'm like oh okay that, that, that makes sense sure she can take over for james because james is somewhere in calvinville now and he's not part of the show anymore but unfortunately it also feels like they traded one sibling for another sibling mm-hmm. instead of just having them both there.
1: Yeah, I, and yeah, so with that, and I think this, sh- and I, I, I mean, personally, where I've been in the fandom, I can't speak for the entire fandom. I haven't seen a lot of like hate for Kelly or anything negative towards Kelly, just mm-hmm. in who I follow. That's mm-hmm. been pretty positive. Um, and I think that's just one of the instances where I feel like the show is definitely dropping the ball. They're not giving you a lot to work with when this could be just like a really awesome relationship to ride in.
2: Mm -hmm. and have
1: like a character color be centered and like you just talk to people in the fandom and they're saying exactly what you said like it feels kind of better to write alex with these other people and it's just from like what the show has given us Mm
0: -hmm. but i mean it should also be somewhat more freeing than too, because suddenly there's this character who could be anything you really want her to be right why also are we not drawing from that as a inspiration pool? She can be fierce. She can be. She can also become a superhero. Apparently, that's what she might become, right, for the season six. Or she can have. Well, a it's like kill.
1: You know. I think it's one of those things where you. It's one of those things where you have to have someone take the leap. Like, with, like, Roa's Core and Super Roa's and, like, Super Roa's Core, like, I just went for it. Like, no one else was writing it, or, like, there was, like, I think when I first looked in either of those tags, there was made like, maybe, like, one, like, 400-word story for, like, Roa's Core. Um, like, no one was writing it. No one was writing Andrea. And when I wrote Andrea, like, it was literally me building a character. Um, but I was also talking to a lot of people in the fandom about it, and so, like, We were all, like, at the same time sort of building her together. And I think you see a lot more of Andrea and a lot more of, like, Super Rois and a lot more of Rois Mm -hmm. Core and a lot more Super Rois Core. But literally when I wrote those stories, I was, like, the only one in the tag. And it was a lot of me creating her. And I think we have to, as a fandom, do that for Kelly, (laughs) which we haven't. Like, someone just take a leap and say, like, what do we think Kelly would like, or what do we think Kelly would be like, and, like, once we all just sort of get this kind of idea of, like, a Kelly, it makes it easier for us to write her. And I think, and that's, like, a super fun fandom bonding moment, and I, like, I was a part of it when we were doing it with Andrea, and I think we should do it for Kelly. It should be done, but I think it's one of those, like, it's hard to sort of take that leap and be like, this is who Kelly is, because, you know, I get a lot of people like, this is not Kelly. Like, <laughs> Um, just because the show has not given us that much honor, but I think it's just one of those things that, like, it hasn't been that, like, open conversation where we're all super excited to, like, introduce a new character into our fix that we're all, like, creating these fandom dynamics for that we love to write about, um, like it was with Andrea. Do you think that
0: it doesn't matter if it's a person of color who does it, or or do you think it'll carry more weight if it's a person of color?
1: I don't know. I think sort of either or. I think if a person of color could pick up traction in doing it and writing the nuance and helping the conversation, I think they had the, um, kind of black girl magic, uh, design that they were doing. Um, and trying to gain some traction with that. I don't know. I think the conversation should be started. And I think I mm-hmm. always put a lot of weight on people of color to start these conversations. Sometimes other people can start it and people of color can definitely be in them and. Help guide a little bit, and they don't have to like spearhead it and be the sole energy behind them. So either I think it just needs to be a conversation, and an open one, and a healthy one, and Mm -hmm. getting more kind of the characters of color into it. Yeah, I just feel like I don't think from what I've seen, it hasn't been super negative. I just think Kelly's not a character people you know have that like. You know, there's all those like headcanons for Andrea or like for Lena or for Cara, because mm-hmm. in our minds we like have this like, this is Cara. Like we'll see a meme and we're like, this is Cara, or we'll see like a sh- like we'll see anything and be like, that's definitely Elena thing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we have that for Kelly. With like, you know, I'm not scrolling through Facebook and see like a text message meme and I'm not like, that's definitely Kelly. You know, like I don't think we have that. And that's all like fandom dynamics. That's us creating that. Like when we say that, that's like the Cara we created when we say this is Cara. <laughs> And so, I don't know. I think that just needs to happen with some characters. But I think the show makes it a little bit harder. Or, like, it's just to be, like, a fandom moment where, like, we're all having a moment of, like, actually, I think Kelly would do this. And then, like, it's a big conversation. And then suddenly we're all excited to write it. And then suddenly it's a thing. That's literally just how it was with Andrea, like mm-hmm. I said, Um, because I was just a big part of some of those conversations in first starting that, and, you know, now that's sort of branching off into its own thing, and a lot of people are writing about it. Well, I mean, we could get the conversation
0: started now. It's definitely possible on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's not a huge idea. Definitely. Maybe.
1: <laughs> well, no, yeah, I was, yeah, I wanted to write an Alex Kelly thing. It just never happened because the entire world ended when I was thinking about it. But, yeah, I definitely, I mean, I wouldn't mind being a part of that conversation. And, like I said, over the summer, the fandom did a lot of work to branch that up and a lot of really great writers wrote a lot of really great stories including just uh, a lot of the black women from the dc verse um so not just supergirl or mm-hmm. stuff from supergirl from across all of the shows um and they posted a lot of really great stories but i don't know how much traction that picked up do you
0: think there's also a, um, a measure of fear like that, oh, maybe a white writer wouldn't want to pick it up or because they don't want to seem like they're being disingenuous because they don't understand fully what it's like to be a person
1: of color? Yeah, definitely. that's one of the conversations that, you know, we were having when we were all talking about uh, how the characters of color weren't featured as much. Um, That was a concern a lot of uh, white writers brought up, that they just didn't kind of want to fumble the ball or do it wrong. Um, and that's definitely a conversation. That's definitely something to be vocal about and saying, I'm interested in learning and, you know, figuring out the best way to write it instead of just ignoring it and never bringing it up and, you know, never giving these characters like a spot in the story to shine. Mm -hmm. But I don't, you know, I'm not like 100% you need to just bring it up and ask people. Like, I know that's really nerve wracking to say and that's totally fine, but I think that's something that does come up. Um, but that's why I was saying if it just felt more like an open conversation, I think there's definitely a lot more room for, these characters
0: like I know that myself because I like Kara and Linus and Andrea and even them much more I I'm not naturally drawn to Alex and Kelly and I don't think it has anything to do with some sort of racial issue it's just that there's something that feels flat about it and I think it's might just simply be because there's something more broken about Lena and Kara than there feels to be about Alex and Kelly. Does that make sense? Like, Kelly, Alex is always just so strong, and she's always so protective of Kara. And, you know, and then you've got Kelly, who they're together, but then I don't know. I'm like, I feel like now I want to write a Kelly and – Alex pick just to keep the conversation <laughs> going because like I love that aspect of it, you know, and I'm like, would I be able to do justice to these two characters? Or would it just seem, I don't know, contrived because the last thing you want to do as a writer for a show that like of hate <laughs> because it gives you such great um <laughs> inspiration, I would hate to not give it justice, you know, like I would love to collaborate. No, I think
2: that's, like,
1: that, that's totally fine. And it's sort of like a double-edged sword. Like, I think it's totally fine that you're writing for the ship that you're passionate about. I don't want people to feel like they need to write for something else.
3: Uh-huh.
1: I think it gets a little hard kind of as, like, a person of color in a fandom when in every single fandom – that's what everyone is saying. They're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't hate this ship or this character. They're just not the one I want to write about." Um, and so every single fandom that you go to, like the ship with like the person of color is not being written about, and it's never like, "Oh, well, we hate this person." It's like this other one is just a lot more interesting. If does that make sense? Um, no, I, I
0: mean it completely makes sense. And if if even if you just look at television shows nowadays, Blackish that was a uh, ensemble care an ensemble show of Pretty much all black people, and then there's Tyler Perry Show, which is on cable, which not everyone has access to, and the pool of non people of color relationships on television is just so much more widespread that it's a problem. You know, because I don't remember any other shows that gave such honest, re uh, like. I don't want to say reality to them. It's just they had relationships that reminded you that these people are people they're not that much different from you if you treat them fairly and i I hope I'm not stepping in anything
1: right now because I'm just trying to um, no no, no, no that that's that's sort of the thing like people watch these shows, and I love these shows, and then like and I've had this happen so many times where I'll watch a show that has like characters of color that just, like, would be an amazing ship, and I go on AO3, and the show is not even on AO3, because no one's even started the tag yet, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, okay, Um, so that happens with a lot of, like, um ships that involve characters of color, like, no one's writing for it, or there are, like, three stories for it, and then when you ask people, they're like, oh, I definitely love that ship, or I love those characters, and like, everyone's like, I just don't want to write for it, you know, and that's always kind of, like, the message, and so... Even though, like, even if you're not, like, you know, blatantly, like, hating things or, like, love it and support it, people actually go out to put out their creative energy. It's not for that. And that's why I was saying sometimes, it could just feel a little bit isolating. Mm-hmm. If you want to, like, go out and read something from writers about characters that you like, if you wanted those characters to be characters of color, your selection starts to, like, it just really drops off the map. And so, like, when you're in fandom, you're reading a lot of white presenting characters, and that's just kind of how it goes. Like, I mean, like, the negative things are there, too. Like, there things where racism happens or discrimination or prejudice that comes up. But I think a lot more of it comes up in that sentiment of, like, no one's writing for these things that we would want to read. And then it comes down to, oh, well, you know, you should write it yourself, blah, 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 which is fine as well. But I think sometimes you just want to enjoy words. And when you're kind of in that boat of, like, I just want to enjoy this shit, that includes two women of color or one woman of color, and you look and there's just nothing there. Like, one of the big things was, like, if you look inside the Kelly Alex tag, all of it is super core um, with, like, one line of, like, Kelly and Alex, but it's all tagged Kelly Alex. So if you're trying to find, like, a strictly, like, Kelly Alex fig, it's really hard because mm-hmm. their entire tag is just super core that was tagged as Kelly Alex, Does that makes sense. Yeah. Not necessarily, like, everyone is, like, being hateful, it's just that if you didn't want to branch out to so that one character you really like that you have a lot in common with, there's just nothing there, and so you're like, oh, well.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, that's one of the great and worst things about fan fiction is that it is a, it's trend game, basically. So, super oh, 100%, comic, yeah. Super popular. Dancing is not so much, but dancing is part of the show, but uh, you
1: know, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's like you actually get the relationship. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's I don't fault people. I, I really don't get super angry. I think it sucks, you know, but I'm not angry at people, if that makes sense, because it is a numbers game. I mean, like we all think about it, like even when I'm posting a row with Corpic, I'm like, I don't expect this to like, you know, be at the top any kudos charts. But you go into it knowing it and you think about it, like, what are people going to read? They're going to read Cara and Lena. That's what we're there for. Um, and if you think, so what are people going to write? They're going to write Cara and Lena. Like, there's like two people
3: who exist
1: who legitimately don't care about kudos and all of that. <laughs> maybe. So, um, but, like, we all think about it and care about it. And like, like you said, what's, where are you going to get, where are you going to get the most traction? Where are you going to get the most interaction? Mm-hmm. Um, it's really what's super important. And that's not to say people don't love it. People do love the ship. Um, but even if you were to think about a different shift, you always come up with that question of like, will people read it, if that makes sense? I've always wondered what people would do if you actually made
0: Kara and Lena people of color. Like, you know, Lena as a Asian woman and then Kara as like a Afri- uh a black or a Spanish woman, you know, and just take away their whole ethnicity and make it into something different would that then be reverse racism, or would that be something completely different? So it's just like, it would be like whitewashing anime characters who present as white people, even though it's technically an Asian show, or a Japanese show. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, like, I have done that. I always joke with uh, Anna that I'll put um, just things in my pick. That, um, things that, like, black people typically talk about are, like, jokes, um, Mm -hmm. that I've, like, made with my black friends. Like, I think, like, in the recent chapter, I think, uh, Clara tells Lena, a recent chapter of, uh, the Farmer's Market AU, I think Clara tells Lena she's on Demon Time, um, which is, like, something that is talked about in black songs and that, like, Beyonce says and whatever, um, (laughs) Um, so I, like, put some of those, like, in the fix or, like, in the music choices that they have, um, including, like, Black artists. Um, so I try to include, and I think in Smokejumper AU, when I was writing about Kelly, um, Alex mentioned uh, just at night that she helps Kelly rap her hair. And there were a few people who actually commented and sent me a saying, like, they super appreciate the representation of, like, just in a fix, someone talking about wrapping your hair at night because it's just something that's so common in the black community. But, like, you don't get to read about it or see your characters doing it, characters that look like you're doing it in a fic. Um And a lot of people was like that hit them pretty hard because, like, they never get to read about something like that. So I try to include things in my fix that feel a little bit more inclusive or, like, jokes that, you know, you feel like as a black person you might be making with your friends. I try to put it in there. Um, I've never gone as far as to, like, change the race of the characters. I try, I do what I can. Um, I could, you know, write a Kelly Alex stick, and I, honestly, I did write two Kelly Alex sticks that I didn't post. I did. I think I sent them to a couple people, and then I never posted them. Um, Why? They just weren't finished. But I had like a decent chunk of it written out for both of them.
2: Mm-hmm. And then like
1: I said, I think this was like around when like the pandemic was like super taking off. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of just sort of lost it and never got back to it. But yeah, yeah. I try to include little things in there. Um, but yeah, I, I, like you could take the liberty and switch the races. It's. I mean, I can't control how the female will react to it, though. Like, no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> Until you
0: do it. But there's also, like, that whole wrapping of the hair thing. It's not something I would know as a person of another color, you know. It's not like I have to wrap my hair before going to bed or at all. I just kind of put my hair up in a bun because it's in my face. So there would also be those nuances. You As a white person.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, like, with, yeah, there's just little things like that, like, with black hair, it's, like, super curly, so it um it sucks in moisture a bunch, so it loses moisture really fast, so if you're sleeping on, like, cotton sheets, your hair gets really dry really fast, or, like, cotton pillowcases, it sucks the moisture out of your hair, which can make it dry and brittle, so what you'll do is wrap it in, like, a satin scarf or something like that, and it keeps the moisture in your hair, so when you sleep... It doesn't break your hair off and then you can wake up in the morning and your hair is still pretty moisturized. Yeah, like curly hair really sucks in moisture a lot and cotton like sucks moisture out of things. Mm-hmm. Um and so you want your hair to stay moisturized when it's curly because curls, uh, can get really,
3: like, if
1: one And it's like when curls get dry They can get really brittle So you want to keep curls pretty moisturized So you can even buy like satin pillowcases So you don't have to wrap your hair Mm -hmm. Um, But most times if you straighten your hair You want to wrap it as well So you don't like sweat at night And like kind of mess it up So in the morning you can kind of pull it back out And it'll still be straightened um, Because Mm -hmm. your hair will actually want to revert back to its curly state So wrapping helps it uh, stay straight a lot longer And Kelly's hair is usually pretty straight So she's probably straightening it Oh, um, but yeah. yeah, so it's just something, like, and I didn't even think that much of it when I included it in the fake. I just, if she's a person, like, she's a black woman with straight hair, you just know 100%. When you straighten your hair, you're wrapping it, because if you don't wrap mm-hmm. your hair, you're pretty much ruining your straight mm-hmm. hair. Um That's, like, defeats the purpose of straightening it. So I just included it in the story, because uh, I think Alex was talking about the moment that she realized she loved Kelly, and Carl was just saying, like, She saw Lena eating yogurt, and she realized it, and Alex was like, yeah, Kelly just asked me to hold her scarf while she was wrapping her hair, and I realized it, and, like, but a lot of people, like, responded to me, and was like, that was a big moment for them, which is, I think, was just kind of telling Mm -hmm. of, like, the kind of fandom members of color, and just there are a lot of them out there who want to see themselves in a fic, and it's just not that common. I think that's where it would be hard, then, for, like, a white person
0: or someone of not of that color to be able to write it. I mean, it's that small stuff, that nuanced stuff that gets the whole extra mile out of things. Like, when um Jire wrote about Shred's a lot of people apparently really like that, but that's such a small detail, you know, that you would never think would matter to someone but it mattered enough for people to go i really am happy you put that out there and i i think it would have to probably be it would for a story with like alex and kelly maybe it would need to be a collaboration where you know the whole what it's like to be white which sounds very fairy tale and what it's like to be black and but kind of cultural differences and family histories or traditions you bring with you to that. I think that would be good, too, maybe, as a...
1: Yeah, story. and I think um, if anyone is interested in actually listen to this, there are a couple mm-hmm. of really great authors that do a ton of exploration of Alex and Kelly's relationship um, in the tag already. But, yeah, it's definitely not something where you're getting yeah. a lot of different perspectives contributing to it.
0: Do you have any recommendations for that? Like names of I remember the names off the
1: top of my head again. This was like last summer, but I know, I know if you look in the tags, um, they'll probably be up there because I know there were a few people that mentioned that they'd had like continuing stories for them. So I know it's in the tag where there are people who were like, cause I, there was just a ton of conversation of um, a few writers who were talking about all the things they were exploring with their relationship. I know the tag's not like the void of anything. I just know also not like a place that's getting a ton of attention. Well, hopefully
0: this brings about more talk again or something. Because they have a lot of potential outside of what supercorp outside of Supercorp. I mean, Alex is like I was saying, fierce and I don't know much about Kelly, but she seems very strong in her own right. I hope they explore that more in the show, especially if they really are going to turn her into a superhero and I hope they can figure out a way to make it so that it's Kelly's and not just her assuming the main yeah. yes exactly <laughs> you know yeah no like,
2: that
1: that would be really nice. I'd love for Kelly to get her own
2: mm-hmm.
1: kind of thing I mean she's a black psychologist and oh. I really identify with that I would. No. <laughs> no, I th- that's why I like writing Kelly. Um, I try to, I think I've included her. And like I said, I had a couple where I started to write with just um her. I try to write them in a little bit. Not with the focus of my, like, super core stories, but, like, I like to write them in. Mm-hmm. Like a bigger portion than, like, on the side being, like, mm-hmm. Alex has Kelly and, like, have them, you know, Kelly be there. Or, like, Kara have a dynamic with Kelly. And things like that helped me ease into just kind of thinking about what they're like together.
2: Mm-hmm. I guess, honestly,
1: branch out and I didn't write two stories. I haven't, like, branched out and posted a Kelly Alex story.
0: I hope you do. It would be nice to read it from someone who, I guess, has skin in the game. Not, for lack of a better phrasing.
2: Yeah, I think that's kind of the the other
1: part. Like, people, and and not just fandom. I think it happens with all media Mm-hmm. where every single person that writes for people of color assumes it has to be about race and it has to be addressing race issues. And, like, there have been a lot of, I'm not in a lot of other circles, but I know there have been a lot of, like, black individuals that I follow on Twitter in my own circles where we're all just, like,
3: I just want,
1: like, a black superhero movie.
2: hmm Like, I don't want it to be about
1: racism. I don't want it to be about prejudice. I just want, like, a straight-up Black Avengers where the world needs saving and all these cool people come together and save the world. You know? Like, we just want a superhero story or, like, just want, like, a horror movie or just want, like, you know, like, an action movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like every single you know, person who tries to take up the mantle of writing and people of color, it's just like, this has to be about racism. <laughs> it's like, okay, well... And it's, like, not saying that it's not a big deal, because it is, but it's, like, that's what we see every single day, and sometimes, you know, you just want to have, like, a black action hero, and that's why I think Black Panther, like... And, like, they touched on, like, Prejudice, and there's all the nuance in there as well, but, like, mm-hmm. that's the heart of Black Panther. It was, like, a black superhero movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And, yeah.
1: like everyone loved it like that's what people wanted to see just like a superhero it was just like a black guy and like black women like Okoye, like going out and just being badass and carefree you know mm-hmm. like destroying cars in the middle of the road and like it's not like a police issue like they're like just being superheroes no mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was a good
0: movie it's like one of my
1: favorites yeah and that, that yeah and that's like what people want like and so i think people who aren't black or people who aren't of color might be afraid to write it because they don't know the nuances or whatever. But, like, sometimes it's not what you're looking for. You just want, like, a fic where, like, they go on an ice cream date or, like, a fic where they go to the aquarium or, like, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be this, like, larger message.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not every single Supergirl story or Supercore story is, like, a larger message. Some of them are just fluff and they're fun. And, like, you can still write that without knowing, like, a on a racial nuance. You can still write two characters who just love each other. It's that nuance that makes stories better, I feel. Like, for myself,
0: the small things that, like, the little traditions that they bring from themselves, from their families. You know, like, maybe having a specific manger in the nativity scene means so much more. Or, uh, like, having red hair that never gets white hair, because it just kind of browns out, or, Mm -hmm. you know, having someone braid your hair, which isn't necessarily a white thing, but it can be many things, but I think it's just that there are so many little idiosyncrasies that can easily be attributed to uh, a normalized vision of what is right. That it's so much
1: white. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. And I think just do some research. I feel like we mm-hmm. get so scared about like culture research, but there's so much out there. Like, I could tell you so much fucking shit about smoke jumpers. <laughs> it's like I just Google them nonstop. I read every single thing about them. Like, I read about all their culture. I read all the articles about them. I read like what people who wear smoke jumpers had to say. I like did so much research and like, We do that for our stories. We do all of this, like, and it's, like, a running joke in fandom. Like, we do all this really fucking weird research about how to rob a bank and things like that. And, like, people can tell you the exact intricacies of bank vaults. And, like, we laugh about it. But then when it comes to culture, everyone's like, oh, I I just don't know what to do. And there's, like, so much stuff about culture on the Internet. There's Mm -hmm. so many, like, writers of color writing about their culture, writing about the nuances, writing about what they do for the holidays, writing about what they do with their hair. There's so much on the Internet. Like, there's a wealth of it. It's not hard to find at all. It's there. And, like, suddenly everyone's afraid to, like, read it or look at it or Google it. When that's, like, literally all we do for all this stuff we know absolutely nothing about. And we write it with so much confidence. And then, like, not even that. No one's, like, even asking the question of, like, is there someone I could speak to? Like, uh, I read some articles and, like, just wanted to check if, like, this is something you heard of or would this be offensive. Like, no one's doing any of that. And it's, like, what we do with literally every single other thing we write. Yeah, I guess so.
0: Uh, maybe we just don't – maybe we don't feel like it's as easy to research as f- smoke jumpers is. Like, oh, what is a normal black relationship like? Or what are small things that
1: – I mean – Like, that's what I was trying to say. Like, it is – it is, though. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of the great examples of it – I can't remember – it's like a really, um, viral video that was going around of a white mom who'd, um, adopted some black daughters and she's doing their hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and showing their hair routine and like, she is on fucking top of it. Like, she is better with their hair than I've ever been with my hair. Um, she has the right products. She has like the right, like, brushes to come through it. She's doing the right routine. She's switching it up and stressing different places on the hair at different times. So like, it's not too hard on one section. She did all this research herself, um, to figure out what works best for black hair. She's like, she's not a black woman. It's out there. Like, that wealth of knowledge, it's out there and she utilized it and she's making videos. Um, for other women who may be in her situation on how to take care of black hair, I'm literally watching the videos. I'm like, I should be doing that show with my hair and I'm not. Like my hair is trash compared to her daughter's hair and like I'm a black <laughs> woman. And like, and like she is so, and it was just so refreshing to watch and she is like so on top of it and she's so sweet and she's like, and it's just such a lovely thing to watch, but it shows you, that when you care, like the information is out there. She could so easily be like, I'm a white woman, I just don't know. But she went out and she figured it out, and it's there. It's there for you to figure out. There's so many black women talking about their hair on the internet. I literally spend, like, 20 hours a day watching YouTube like videos about black hair so I can get, like, my hair better. Like, there's so much out there. Like, black women are writing about hair. They're making YouTube videos about hair. It's a huge part of YouTube. They're on Twitch talking about hair. There's websites and websites and articles and articles about hair. And that's just hair. It's everything else. Like, people writing about it, talking about it, sharing their experiences. It's not hard to find. It's openly there. Um And so I loved seeing that video with her. Like, it wasn't an excuse. Like, she did the research, and she's out there doing black hair, but like, better than, like, some of us, like, who, like, have lived with black hair our entire <laughs> lives. Um, and, like, I didn't know. It was so wholesome, and I loved watching it. And there was, like, literally no moment of that video where – She talked about it as, like, something negative or something hard or something that would make her daughter feel like she was a burden. She talked about it as, like, this is beautiful hair, and we need to learn how to take care of it and do better, and that's what she did. And it just felt really good because it just shows that the information is there. It's not hard to find. You just go out there, you read it, you utilize it, and she's just doing really great things and being, like, really informative, and it's really cool. And so I feel like when people say Google it or you know, go do some research. Like, it's, it's there and it's not hard. And it's, you know, if you get a little bit kind of shaky or scared or like want to check in, you can always do that with your friends of color or say like, Hey, I've read a bunch about this and I noticed this was a really common experience. And, you know, I wanted to talk to you about it just to check in. Um, that, I think that's always a fine conversation. I think that's a really awesome way mm-hmm. to say that I've gone that extra mile and I've tried to learn. Um, and now I'm just going an extra step and saying, With everything I learned, I just want to still make sure, you know, that this isn't offensive or, like, just ask about this or would this be something you know about or would someone else know about it? I think that's always a fine conversation to have rather than I didn't know where to look. I don't know what the information is. I don't know if it's right. I'm, like, scared to do it. So I'm just going to ignore it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, It's, like, it's out there. Like, any other information is out there. And we're, like, so much more confident And I keep using smoke jumper as the reference because it's what I did probably the most research for. But I even like in the, I think note for it, I wrote, I did a lot of research for this and I'm trying to stay as true to kind of like firefighting culture as I can. But if anything comes off offensive, please let me know. Um, and I can change it or we can have a conversation about it and you can let me know like what was wrong with it. And I had, I've had like more than like five or six people who, um, identified as firefighters contact me and say, like, this didn't come off as offensive. This was excellent. They talked to me about, like, their experiences with it. Um, and it's, like, really enjoyable just talking to people about it. But like, I just put in the note, like, I did so much research and I really tried my best. And if it's still not okay, please contact me and let me know. Um, and you can, like, do that as well. Like, I did so much research on this story and I tried my best to put the nuance in. But if there's something off about it, please contact me and let me know, and I can switch it. And that's exactly what I did, and I just had so many people contact me that were firefighters. Um, no one told me, like, it was wrong, but they were, like, they love the nuance, and, like, the research was on point. And, like, again, it was just a really fun moment of learning about firefighter culture. Um, and someone talked to me, a couple of people talked to me, and said they had, like, family members who were wildland firefighters. So they talked about, like, dealing with it. Um, when your family member is doing something that dangerous and like how that feels um, so it just opened up a lot of doors for me to like talk to people with these actual experiences and I learned like even so much more after posting with it which is really cool that's the only thing like you could do that with culture and like open that door in like a really welcoming way and saying like hey I did go out and do a lot of research and tried to learn on my own but I know I'm not perfect and I still would still like to learn more if anyone's down to talk and I think People are really open to
0: talking. Yeah. It's me being lazy, I guess, because I like talking to people to find out about things from them. That's more of like reading a lot kind of tires me out, so then I don't retain it. But if I'm talking to people, I retain it a little better, and then I feel like I'm getting to know someone as opposed to just like a general view. But I'm starting to realize how important it is to come in with a little bit more knowledge than you probably should
1: have. Does that make sense? I'm, I
0: feel like I yeah. might be saying it wrong. No, it, no, no,
1: that makes sense. And yeah, I, I didn't mean that as kind of like a personal attack on you. Like you should be doing more. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't take it as one. So, don't, gotcha. Don't yeah. <laughs> just, like, so I oh. mean, yeah. I just, I just
3: yeah,
1: I just meant in general that like, and I mean, I fall it as well sometimes with like things I'm afraid to write but like as writers content producers like we're used to doing research and I think we really underestimate that ability when we branch out to something we're a little bit more timid to write about and that could be like kinks that could be culture or, like you know mm-hmm. when you're brushing out to something that makes you a little bit more timid all of a sudden it's like we get in our mindset that we can't do it but it's kind of the same research process that it is for anything else yeah um and so, like, I just like to say that we do have that skill set, and I think we like to underestimate that within ourselves. But we are capable of using our skills that we use for all of our other stories for some of those things that are a little bit harder to talk about. So maybe, like, gender, sexuality, um, is that kinks, or culture. Like, we're able to do it through harder conversations, but we have that skill set there research skill set to look it up, to include the nuance and to talk about it. I think we should need a little bit more confidence maybe um, mm-hmm. and ourselves to go forth and, like, talk about some of these things.
0: It is scary to delve into new things when you feel like perhaps you're lacking in something else, I guess, if that makes sense. But, yeah, I am not a research person, honestly. I don't like it. <laughs> like, I just – Amalgamate everything I do when I read science fiction and then figure it out from there. But I should probably <laughs> become more of a researcher, honestly.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're, you're always not a research person until you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I was, uh, I think I was looking up recipes, um just because I wanted to cook something pretty organic. Mm-hmm. And I ended up on like a gardening blog. And I ended up reading so many gardening articles. It's probably what like Clara's a gardener, like every single thing I write. But like, and just all of a sudden, I just knew so much about gardening because I just like started reading all of this random crap. so I think mean, like we just as humans, we naturally just accidentally like research things or like fall down rabbit holes or uh-huh. we maybe are writing something for a thick and we Google one thing and then we find out a lot about something else. Like we're super good at it and like we should not underestimate our ability to just do that.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm good with practical. I'm more of a teach me and I'll learn kind of person. If I have to research it too much, then it kinda loses its luster for me, I guess, in a way. <laughs> so really everything I do in my life is trial and error and it's a lot of work. <laughs> Maybe I can streamline it by
1: reading. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I don't like doing the like really um technical reading. Like I would never be like there's like a like a book on how to garden or whatever. <laughs> what I love is like <laughs> reading, like, just, like, a blog post of someone who has a garden, and they're just talking about, like, man, like, the sun was really hot this year, and, like, this is what it did to my one plant, but this is how I fixed it. And then when we had this, like, random, like, snowfall or these random, like, showers, this is what it did to the other plants, and this is how I fixed that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's like you're reading a story. You're not reading, like, an informative thing. You're just reading, like, this person being, like, I just went through like the season of hell with my plants and this is what <laughs> I did. And like, for some reason they came out alive and you're like reading that, but like you accidentally just find out so much information, like what to do when it's too hot, what to do when it's too cold, what to do when there's too much rain. And like all of a sudden you like know all of these things, but all you do is like read a really fun story. And like, I'm all for that. I love like yeah, I'm just learning things that way. Yeah. And it's like, all of a sudden you're like, I don't want to write a story about, you know, Lena trying to keep a garden intact when, like, all of these things are happening. Um, But also, you know, like, falling in love with Cara. <laughs> Um And, like, that's, and, like, I think that's where, and that's why I said a lot of my story ideas, and like, really are just kind of spontaneous, because I'll, like, just be scrolling through the Internet, and I'll, like, click on an article, and someone will be like, let me tell you about this one time where, like, I accidentally cracked the tank at the aquarium, and you're like, oh, shit. And, like, but they'll no, talk about the whole process, like... <laughs> No, but, no, no, but it's, like, always oh, something, like, random like that, but they'll talk to, like, so this one person had to come, and then I had to go through this whole process, and then you find out about, like, the hierarchy of, like, the administration in an aquarium, and you're, like, oh, that would be a cool story to write about, <laughs> and, like, that's where, like, all of my ideas come from, it's just, like, uh-huh. reading, like, kind of people, like, who lived life and learned a lot of things with, like, a weird experience and then, like, now you know all of these really weird things from reading about their experience. And so now you're like, oh, I can write a story about this where, like, Lena's maybe the aquarium administrator or, like, Carl's the person who broke the tank. Like, and you just have that, like, nuance now of, like, what would happen in that situation because you, like, read something about it. Um, yeah, Um That's what I like. That's what a lot of my story ideas, like, sometimes they'll just pop up to me, like, while I'm walking, like, when I was hiking and I just had the Cape pick idea. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm like, being, like some like bad shit like thing that happened and i'm like what if like lena was like a bystander and she like saw the tank crack
3: and then like oh. it'll just
1: spiral like from there or something like that um and that's like that's like they just kind of come to me from like that inspo and i always find myself reading like weird shit on the internet so i'm like why not use it anyway
0: well now i feel inspired to write a hair thick with uh um, alex and Kelly, so I might do that just for the fun of it. And yeah,
2: that's where it comes from.
1: you it. And on that,
0: thank you for saying yes to coming on again and talking with me about all these cool topics. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. This is, that's it. If you would like to connect with today's guest, check out the episode's description. Also, I'm always looking for new fandom ships, artists, and writers. So visit my website, ayakaspenser.com, where you can submit your suggestions, find links to follow me on social media, become a supporter, and find out who is coming up next. Until next time, thank you for listening.